Joshua uh, chapter 3, and uh, I, uh, if there is, I'm reading it from the Good News Translation. I feel like we need to read from the Good News Translation this morning. It says this concerning Israel, who were on the brink of crossing into the promised land. It says the next morning, Joshua and all the people of Israel got up early and they left the camp at Acacia and they went to the Jordan where they camped while waiting to cross it. Three days later, the leaders went through the camp and told the people, when you see the priests carrying the covenant box of the Lord your God, break camp, break camp and follow them. And then verse 4, it says this, you have never been here before and they will show you the way to go. You've never been here before. Father, I thank you for this message this morning. God, I thank you that you are showing us the way. Wherever it is we're not sure about, show us the way, God. I pray today that you would challenge us from the inside out. Thanks for your presence. Thank you, God, that you're here right now. You've got something to say. As has been said already, wherever we're at in our walk with you, I thank you that you're calling us, causing us to take another step forward, another step closer to your presence and to your love. Thank you for what you've got to say today in Jesus' name. Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes were one night camping, much like the sort of set up here. They were camping out in the forest uh, somewhere, and after after dinner around the campfire, they decided that they would they would go to, to sleep. And during the night, Sherlock Holmes he wakes up and he nudges uh, Dr. Watson and he asks him, Dr. Watson. Would you look up and tell me what do you see? And Dr. Watson, he looks up and he says, well, I see a, a fantastic panorama of stars. Amazing. Sherlock Holmes says, and, and what does that tell you, Dr. Watson? Watson thought about this for a little while because he knew he hadn't been very productive because of the famous detective who was, who was next to him. And, and he says, well, what, what that tells me is that Astronomically, there are millions and millions of stars, and we are surrounded by this great, great galaxy. Horologically, I, I deducted it's about 3 a.m. In, in the morning. Theologically, I can surmise that God is magnificent and great and all powerful, and we are small and in, insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we're going to have a fantastic day. Why, Sherlock Holmes, Dr. Watson says, what, what does it mean to you? And Sherlock Holmes, he pauses for a little bit and, 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 and he says, someone stole your head. If you're taking notes, that was funny in my head. If you're taking notes this morning, I've entitled uh, this message, Where is my camp? Where, where's my camp gone? Where, where is my camp? And I want to talk to you about embracing the unfamiliar. Embracing the unfamiliar. I love how Joshua in this passage, as he warns the people, as he tells them to the call that goes out to break camp, how it is immediately followed with this, this advance notice about where they were going to go. He says, where we're going, you've never been before. You're going to need to realize, guys, he says that where we are going, we've never traveled this way before, some version says. We've not passed this way before. We've never been here before where we're about to go. 
And I know words is going to be different without a tent. A tent that you've been sleeping under for the past 40 years, but you're going to have to get ready for a change of scenery. Let, let us show you the way. I don't know if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night in an unfamiliar place. Like maybe if you go to the bathroom, you're in a, in a, in a strange room or something, and, and you get up in the dark and you go to where you think the fourth doorway is, but it's not your house, it's someone else's, and you kind of just, you just, has anyone done this before? And like the wallows over there, but you're kind of patting walls, and in the end, you end up in the cupboard, and you go, where am I? I have no idea where I am. You turn on the light, and you're not even anywhere near the hallway doors. I, um, I, uh, I may have told this story before, but we were in our first year uh, here in Melton, 2008, leading this church. And we managed to secure a, quite a well-known speaker, an international speaker to come and minister at our Sunday night meeting. And uh, we met then for the first time. It was just a single guy. Uh, sorry, he's not single, but he was by himself. We met him for the first time for lunch. And we made his acquaintance and then ministered at another church in the morning. And uh, we t I took him back to his hotel room uh, to have a rest and prepare for the night service. And with the understanding that I would come back and I'd pick him up a few minutes before the, the start of the evening service. And so, yes, it's winter, it's dark outside. I, I turn up uh, just before 7 o'clock to pick him up from the from the hotel and knock on the door and, and no one answers. And okay, I'll just wait a little while and I, I knock again. And eventually I, I begin to hear noises after about a minute, which is quite a while. I hear noises coming from inside of this of this room and and then after a few more minutes this disheveled face kind of appears at the window of this hotel room room door kind of confused face looking back out at me and, and so i kind of wave and mouth hello and and he just keeps staring at me and eventually the door opens and he pokes his head out and he asks me what's wrong and i'm like oh uh it, it, it's time to go and he's like go where and I'm well to, to go to the meeting. And he, and he says to me, what meeting? And I'm going, what is going on here? I'm a little concerned. And so I, I just talk really clearly and plainly. I am here to pick you up for the night meeting, which is now about to start. And then his glazed eyes begin to come into focus. And then he's like, oh, no. And he invites me inside. And it turns out when I dropped him off after lunch, he he uh, laid on the bed, this is about five hours earlier. He gets under the covers and he kind of just thinks, I'm just gonna have a little rest, gets a little bit more comfortable, and then he falls into a deep, deep sleep. <laughs> and he's asleep for five minutes until he hears this knocking at the door. When he wakes up, it's dark outside, and he doesn't know where he is. And the confusion went on for quite a, quite a while. He actually thought he was in Los Angeles, that he was in the middle of the night and I was the hotel manager knocking on his door to say there's a fire here. And what? No. So it's amazing that unfamiliar places, right, they can be really disorienting. They can, they can actually even be confusing sometimes to a mind and what we've been used to. And so places that we're not accustomed to can kind of mess with us a little bit. And so here in this in this passage, Joshua forewarns the people. He says to them, listen, don't get used to the tent you're in. It's time to break camp because where we're going, you've not been before, and it's going to be real different, and I need you to get used to that. And I feel like that we, as a church by 
get kind of prepared in our, our minds as we, we take heed of these words as we embark on our own journey that's going to go to places that we've never been before. Things that are going to look a little bit unfamiliar, feel a little unknown and outside of our usual frames of reference, right? And we're going to have to be prepared and ready to leave the tent behind. The places we've gotten used to, our seats, our chairs, if you sit in the same place that, that we've gotten used to over all of the years. Otherwise, we're going to wake up one morning and say, wait a second, where's the tent? Where's all the stuff that I know about and are comfortable with? I, I can't find the door. I don't know where I am. I want to go back. Uh-uh. I feel like there's some people maybe that, that God is wanting to bring you into something new, something exciting, a new adventure, perhaps. But listen, sometimes old things can get in the way. Uh, I shared a message not long ago about the curse of familiarity. You can find that on our website. But I, I said how sometimes in order for us to really take hold of what God is wanting to do, he has to take us out of one thing or out of one place and put us in another. And in order for us to embrace the new, we've got to always embrace the unknown. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Sometimes in order to embrace the new, we have to embrace the unknown. We're talking about embracing the unknown this morning. God often stands, I reckon, God stands in a place of mystery. He stands in that place where we can't quite see and he calls out to us to come to him. He says, come on, you can trust me. Take a step. It's going to be okay. Trust me. You've not been here before, but take take my hand. I, I love what it, it says in Hebrews 11 about, about uh, Abraham, who, who we know back in the very beginning in Genesis, he, he leaves his tent. He leaves his father's house. He leaves familiar surroundings to go where God was calling him. It says about that account in Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, it says that Abraham had faith and he obeyed God. He was told to go to the land that God had said would be his and he left for a country he'd never seen. I wonder what God might be wanting to do in you today in, in this season that will require you to embrace the familiar, sorry, the unfamiliar. Don't worry about the familiar. What is God wanting to do in you that, that you're going to have to embrace the unfamiliar? Maybe it's sharing your faith, having boldness to step out and talk to someone about Jesus, about what he's done in your life. Share your testimony with someone in your workplace or something you've been praying about. Maybe it's inviting someone to church. That's maybe really unfamiliar for you. Maybe it's trusting God with your life for anyone here who's not done that before. Maybe it's it's putting God first in your finances. You're thinking, man, I could never do that. That's too scary. That's too unfamiliar. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's saying yes to something scary. But listen, you'll never know if you don't give it a go. All right? Someone once said this. They said, if you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. If you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. And if you don't step forward, you'll always find yourself in the same place. We've got to embrace and welcome, look forward to life without a tent. Without a tent as, as we know. And I just want to give you four points this morning. Four points uh, about embracing the unknown and things that over this little journey I've come to realize about my own life when it comes to 
Corinthians 15 says, you know, these are naturally not a gift taker, okay? I'm fairly reserved guy. I'm not a gift uh, taker. I just actually really love routine. Uh, you will find me in the same place here most, most days. I, I, have, I, I like having a good degree of certainty in my life. How many love certainty? Certainty is a great thing. Uh, it's a really good thing. Control freaks. It's amazing. <laughs> I love knowing what's going on and what things are, what things are happening. And, you know, there's so many odds. Count the odds about something, but then I'll tell you how many chances. Right? Uh, somehow that's going to work out, and, and then I'll let you know. But the problem is, the problem with all of that is, is you know, when it comes to God's promises, when it comes to the things, you think about some of the dreams, the promises that God that God has, has made you. When it comes to his promises, it's less about the odds and more about obedience. But God, what God is interested in and attracted to is not our ability to be able to well talk, benefit, and analyze everything, but he's drawn to our faith to believe that what is said, he'll do, and a willingness from us, from our hearts, to say, yeah, okay. Right. Thanks, my bro. You guys are amazing. There are some things. There are some things that I've discovered about my own life and about embracing the unknown. I want to pass on to you. Number one is this: is break camp and embrace the unknown. Do not project the past into your present. Yeah. Do not project your past into your present. I, I know this about myself. A lot of decisions that I make are based on my past experiences and the conclusions that I draw from them. A lot of decisions that we make, we think back about our past and we allow, allow that past, good or bad, to project upon our current reality. You know, I tried that before. It didn't work. I'm not sticking my head out again. I'll get knocked down. No, thank you very much. You know, it's I'm glad he did. I'm glad he's allowed to know. 
the, the, the past experience is to stop him looking for a gift, right? What could we do if that's not the case?
even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your God. See, we're going to change our what ifs to even ifs. We're going to trade our irrational fears of an uncertain future for the loving certainty of an unchanging God. I love what it says in the book of Habakkuk. Reads like one of the Psalms. Even if, not what if, but even if the fig tree does not bloom and the vines have no grapes, even if the olive tree fails to produce and the fields yield no food, even if the sheep pen is empty and the store has no cattle, even then I will be happy with the Lord. I will truly find joy in my God who saves me. Don't make decisions based on what ifs. What if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? What if this doesn't turn out right? But say, no, even even if, God, you're faithful. You can do it, but even if. Number three this morning is we've got to focus on what could be, not on what might not be. The thing about the unknown is it's unknown.